Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ with our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. with Downtown Church. Let us pray. Lord, we come today for you, to seek you, to worship you, to be healed by you. So lift us up, O Lord, on the tiptoes of joy as we worship you this morning together. Amen. Let's stand and sing. One's just the band, just the band. I mean, you're welcome to sing.
too often we hide the ragged edges of our shattered lives. We hide our guilt, our shame, and our many, many failures. But the psalmist reminds us that the Lord is near the brokenhearted. The Lord saves the crushed in spirit. Let us now bring our brokenness to God and confess together the words in your program. Let us pray. God, we want to love. We want to be of service to your kingdom. And we want to follow Jesus. We try and often we fail. Forgive us when we choose the ease of hate over the work of love. Forgive us when we choose apathy over service. Forgive us when we choose our own glory rather than yours, and hear us as we pray together silently.
Friends, hear the good news. We didn't earn God's grace. We can't. But God gives it to us. We are forgiven, called to forgive one another. We are loved, called to love one another. Let us live in peace with God. Amen. I now invite the Matheson family to come forward um, as Asen and Roe receive the sacrament of baptism. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Mics are on. Um, (laughs) Friends, this morning, Mike and Jade Matheson present their children, Asen and Roe, to receive the sacrament of baptism. Today we proclaim boldly that Asen and Roe are recipients of the covenant of grace. In in baptism, God claims them as God's own, welcoming them into this family of faith as citizens in the kingdom of heaven. We are encouraged because in no stage of life are we truly separated from Christ and the bonds that we have with one another. Asen and Roe, may you always remember that you are not alone, your parents, Your church, family, and Christ are with you always. Hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ as he delivered to his disciples after his resurrection. He said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember... I am with you always until the end of the age. By water and the Holy Spirit, we are made members of the church, which is the body of Christ. And we are joined in Christ's ministry of love, of peace, and of justice. Let us remember with joy our own baptisms as we celebrate this sacrament together. Mike and Jade, having heard these words of scripture, I ask you the following questions. Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And relying on God's grace, do you promise to live the Christian faith, to embody hearts of service and love, and to teach that faith to your children? If so, say, we do. Do you, as members of this church, the body of Christ, promise to guide, nurture, and support Asen and Roe, Through your words and actions with love and prayer, will you encourage them to know and follow Christ and empower them to be faithful members of the church? If so, say, we do. Let us pray. God, we know that this life is not always easy. To follow your son, to follow Christ is to die alongside him. But to follow Christ is also to be resurrected with him. When the world seems hard to Asen and Roe, when the church, their parents, their friends and family mess up, we give thanks that you do not. We give thanks that your presence will not leave them, nor will it leave us. We thank you for this water of baptism. Let it seal your children and welcome them into your kingdom of undeserved love, radical grace, and abundant life. Amen. All right, Asen, what is the Christian name of this child? Asen Jackson Matheson. All right, Asen, you want to come up a little here, buddy? You want to dip your hand in the water first? Just feel it. It's not that bad. It's just normal, ordinary water, but God does extraordinary things with ordinary things, just like us. 
Asen Jackson, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, uphold Asen by your Holy Spirit. Give him the spirit of goodness as he faces the issues of this world. The spirit of love towards all the strangers that he will encounter. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. And the spirit of joy knowing that he is your image bearer. Called to shed his uniquely beautiful light unto your world. Amen. Nice job, buddy. Rome Michael, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. O Lord, uphold Roe by your Holy Spirit. Give him the spirit of patience as he faces challenges, the spirit of goodness in all his endeavors, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of joy knowing that he is your image bearer, called to shed his uniquely beautiful light in your world. Amen. Father, we thank you. By water and the Holy Spirit, you will give Asen and Ro the forgiveness of sin. They will be raised to the new life of grace. Sustain them, O Lord, and your Holy Spirit. Please give my little brothers an inquiring and discerning heart and the courage and will to persevere. Give them a spirit to know and to love you and the gift of joy and wonder in all your works. Please protect Asen and Ro. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, this is the greatest news. Roe and Asen have been received into the one holy Catholic and apostolic church through baptism. God has made them members of the household of God to share with us in the priesthood of all believers. I encourage you during the holy interruption to come forward and to greet our newest brothers in Christ, newly baptized children of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Got a whole bunch of announcements on our classifieds page, but I want to point um, our attention to the nominations. It's time to nominate elders. Um, and for the first time ever, we're nominating individuals for a care team to offer care to the congregation. Uh, so if you are thinking of somebody who is a good leader and you think would um, lead downtown church in the right direction, in a godly direction, then um, please nominate them. Nominations close uh, October 8th, end of this week. Our scripture reading can be found in the program on the, on the back page if you want to follow along with me. Today I'm reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 8, verses 42 through 48. As Jesus went, the crowds pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. And though she had spent all she had on physicians, no one, no one could cure her. And so she came up behind Jesus and she touched the fringe of his clothes and immediately the hemorrhage stopped. Then Jesus asked, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and press in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I noticed that power had gone out from me. When the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling 
And falling down before him, she declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been healed immediately. Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know that moment when your football team is being crushed by the opponent? And the quarterback of that team has just lofted the most beautiful pass towards the end zone and and everybody's running and you are praying for an interruption. We'd like for that interruption to be one of our defenders stopping the play, you know, like a tackle, that would be nice. Or even better yet, we're praying for an interception. We're praying for one of our guys to catch that beautiful pass and then take off running towards our direction, score us some points. We are praying for an act of disruption, anything that will keep the ball from touching down and scoring them more points. Maybe you don't pray for your football team like I do. But I I bet that every single person in this room has had some moment, some moment in their life where a plea escapes from your lips to God's ears. Which means that all of us know at least a piece of what it's like to be this woman, willing to reach out for God's help. Imagine the scene of this holy interruption. The crowd is pressing in. People people are closer than normal, trying to get close to this newfound celebrity, Jesus. The news of of his miracles of healings, it's traveled fast and so more and more people come every day and his crew, y'all, his crew hasn't learned yet how to protect him from the growing crowds. So boundaries are blurred and and a person gets closer than what is agreed upon by social custom. She reaches out of her personal bubble into his. She touches the fringes of his clothes. And that's a big deal. Think for a moment if you were at the grocery store, right? And you're checking out and um, this person comes up behind and just touches your back. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the line is long and you know, people are trying to press in to get out of the way of the shopping carts coming back. It doesn't matter. We all know not to touch each other. Not a stranger, not anyone for that matter, unless we have permission from them to do so. Right? We protect personal space. We respect that your body belongs to you and mine to me. Well, if you can imagine in Jesus' day, the social customs were even more strict. Because she is a woman of no name, of no value, and especially because she is bleeding, it is frowned upon that she is even there, out in public, out among the crowd. She shouldn't be there. She knows that 
and everyone else knows that, and yet she is. And she knows that she shouldn't be reaching out to touch a single man. Even if she had asked the disciples for permission, they would have told her no. And yet, she does. The interruption comes as a surprise for Jesus, but for this woman, the interruption is what she has been praying for every moment of every day for the last 12 years. And so it's a welcome disruption for her. She's been struggling with her body for 12 years. 12 years, she's been to every doctor. She's tried every medicine, Western and Eastern and that herbal supplement that her best friend's neighbor's sister gave her to try. She has tried everything. And guess what? Nothing has worked. Some of you have been there. Haven't you? Bounced around to different doctors, no one able to tell you exactly what's going on. Can you imagine her pain? I mean, can you imagine her despair? Can you imagine her hope? She has hope, y'all. She has enough hope to go out of hiding, out into the crowd, out to find this healer named Jesus. And her hand is out before her brain can pull it back in. She's desperate for a holy interruption. She is desperate for healing. She is desperate for Jesus to make her well. So she reaches. She reaches for Jesus to just the outside of his clothes, not an inappropriate touch by any means for us, just weird. She interrupts Jesus and guess what? He's not angry when she does. He's not angry, but he does respond to her. He wants to know her name. He wants to know who she is and why she needs to be healed. And and this seems cruel to me. Like, hasn't she suffered enough, Jesus? 12 years, right? All the doctors, all the pain, all the physical and social stigmas. Wouldn't the gracious thing for Jesus to do to let her go quietly healed? Scripture says she is hidden when she realizes Jesus wants to know her name. And I wonder if she's hidden because she wants to be or because that's how the crowd sees her, or rather doesn't see her. She's hidden until Jesus calls for her to come forward, to be seen. And when she comes forward, she is trembling. Why you gotta make her tremble, Jesus? Here's why. Jesus' gift of grace to us is free. Yes, and it can be immediate, yes, and it requires our response. Just as the interrupting touch of Jesus requires a response from him, the the healing, the grace requires a response for us. Think for a minute 
with me on why we plead with God. Think for a minute for you, when, when have you pleaded with God? It's because we're desperate for something to change, right? It's when we're stuck. It's when we feel out of control or we feel judged by everyone around us. It's, it's when we are crippled by physical, emotional, spiritual pain. That's when we reach out. That's when we plead with God for an holy interruption. There are quiet sufferings in this room. And in our community, there are people, maybe you, maybe the person sitting right beside you who like this woman is in desperate need for Jesus to interrupt already. There are people, maybe you, maybe the person sitting beside you who like this woman needs to be seen. And though we may press on with the crowd, Jesus takes the moment to call us from our places of hiding so he can transform the loneliness and the insecurities and the pain. So he can tell us your faith makes you well. I'll tell you why, why I came to my knees this week. I have this um, annoying tendency to want things to be just right, perfect. You can ask anybody that has ever worked with me, they all know it to be true. And it's not quite OCD, at least it's undiagnosed OCD. I just, I want every space that we touch as a community to feel like a glimpse of God's kingdom here and now. I want everything to be intentional. And though that can be a really wonderful trait, it can nudge us closer to success. Sometimes y'all, I yearn desperately for an interruption for my desire for perfection, for my desire for certainty. I want Jesus to take that burden from me. I found myself praying the other night, God, God, I'm pretty sure I know what I want, but let's go ahead with your plan. It's gonna be better anyhow. Do y'all pray something like that? When you're struggling with something and there doesn't seem to be a cure for it, like the work relationship, right? Where the same issues just keep surfacing over and over again and you can't see the solution. We need Jesus. We need to reach. Or when that cancer, that cancer keeps spreading and the, the list of doctors on your my chart just keeps growing and, and yet there's no answers and there are no clear scans. That's when we need Jesus got to reach. Maybe it's your weight and you've been praying for an interruption. I've done this before, an interruption to the gains or the losses. Or maybe it's not on the outside. Maybe it's on the inside. Maybe it's in the deep caverns of our minds and our souls. Maybe there's some words that somebody said to you sometime that are stunting your growth, that are holding you back. Maybe there's something putting you in hiding and it's time 
to come out. Maybe you desperately want to be made well, and he's here, y'all. Jesus, got to reach. Got to reach, and, and when we do reach for Jesus, that interruptive grace Jesus offers us, it's holy. When the woman steps out on holy ground, she, she not only is healed when she touches Jesus' garment, but she's forever connected to him. When she comes out of hiding and she is seen by the community, a new future opens to her. And not only does this interruption transform her, but it also becomes for us the very fabric of the gospel, a real life story that shows us that grace is for us too. When we reach out, when when we plea for God, grace comes. And it comes quietly, but when it comes, it requires something from us. In fact, when we receive God's grace, it requires a good deal out of us. I want you to think for a minute on baptism. We just got to baptize Asen and Roe. We just got to tell them about this wonderful gift of grace that Jesus just keeps giving out for free. It doesn't cost them anything but to reach out and to say, I want to be baptized. However, once we get baptized, that's when the work begins. Once we get baptized, we have to figure out how to respond to this great gift of grace that has been given to us. In baptism, we are disrupted by the Holy Spirit and we're asking God to continue to disrupt our lives. We're asking each other to disrupt our lives with these stories like this woman. We ask Jesus to make us well. So in our quiet sufferings, may we have the hope of this woman. May we have the hope of Asen and Roe. May we have the hope to reach for Jesus to make us well. Amen.
Let us pray. God of interruptions, you interrupted a blank void with creation. You interrupted our pain with a savior. And you interrupt our sin with grace. Interrupt our lives with touches of healing interrupt our world with kindness, interrupt our artificial cultural boundaries with bridges of curiosity and messy community, interrupt our fear with hope, and let hope lead to healing for us, for this city, and for this world. And here's now as we pray together the prayer that your son taught us, found in your program, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power the glory forever. Amen. Now I invite you all to rise as we say together the words of the Apostles' Creed. For some of you all, this might be familiar words you learned in confirmation many years ago. Some, these are new words. We say creeds together for a reason. We've been saying this one for nearly 2,000 years. I want to say today that it's okay if you don't believe every word in it. It's okay if you're struggling with some of the beliefs this morning. We say them in community so that when you are struggling or have questions, someone else might have belief and conviction. We hold our beliefs, our doubts, our questions and convictions together in community with not only these people, but the millions of saints who have said it before us. So let us now say the Apostles' Creed together. Church, what is it that you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. Third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, the life everlasting. Amen. Please remain standing as we sing our final song.
Interrupt us, God. Interrupt our lives and especially our quiet sufferings. Make us well. And as we go from this time of worship together, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit, may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.